You're listening to Commissioning Conversations, the podcast brought to you by Broadcast Intelligence. Hi, and welcome to Commissioning Conversations. I'm Alice Redman. And I'm Heather Fallon. And we are both researchers and journalists for the Commissioner Index. This week, we'll be discussing all the new commissioning appointments that have happened across Channel 4 and Sky over the past few weeks. And you'll be able to hear some exclusive snippets from our subscriber-only event, Commissioning Conversations Live, Daytime. So, there's been an absolute host of activity on the Commissioner Index since we last recorded. And as the researcher who covers Channel 4, I was wondering if you could take us through some of that change, Alice. Yeah, I mean, it's been all changed at Channel 4, so I'll try and summarise as best as I can. Um, Starting at the top, Ian Katz has been promoted to Chief Content Officer, which gives him complete editorial control of Channel 4's output. So it's across linear, streaming and social media, whereas previously when he was Director of Programmes, I think his role was a lot more focused on what the channel's linear output was with some oversight of all four. And all of these changes can kind of be harked back to the broadcaster's announcement in October, that all four will be the kind of focal point for the broadcaster over the next five years. And that's also affected things on a commissioning level? Yes, so... That's happened at the top and then the commissioning teams have also has a lot of changes. So features and formats and the specialist factual teams are essentially gone. Um, Fatima Salaria left in 2020 and Sarah Lazenby was announced to be leaving as part of this restructure. So yeah, Fatima left a little while ago and it was slightly apparent that they weren't going to replace a head of specialist factual. And I believe Hannah Bowler, broadcast reporter, had a bit of a scoop on it back in 2020 that Danny Haran was going to take control of all of factual for the broadcaster. So he kind of adopts the two remaining specialist factual commissioners, Shaminda Nahal and Jonah Weston. And then in terms of features and formats, so we had... A scoop, another scoop on broadcast in... Um, scoop, scoop, scoop. Is this an ice cream shop? Because we are just constantly <laughs> scooping. <laughs> Where was I? So in January, Max Goldbart had a scoop that Sean Doyle was leaving his post as deputy head of Features and Format for Disney+, Plus, which is a really exciting appointment, in my opinion. And obviously, and now Sarah Lazenby, head of Features and Formats, has announced that she was leaving. So the commissioning editors have kind of been reshuffled now and they either sit under factual entertainment head Alf Laurie or entertainment head Phil Harris or under Joe Street who's expanded her head of daytime role to also include features. Oh, I also forgot to mention that Carl Warner has received a job change as well and he's head of youth and digital as well as continuing to oversee E4. So he'll look at social media and other digital platforms as well as for music and the box and Dill E4's linear channel. Channel 4 also had two new commissioners join their commissioning team this week so they had joe Huliate, who is a commissioning executive for comedy and in entertainment simran sa has joined as commissioning editor of entertainment so lots of change and another departure was also announced which is fozia khan who was a commissioning editor for documentaries is also leaving to take up a role under dan gravner at amazon so channel 4 has been a hive of activity for the past few weeks and all change but everyone's kind of profiles have been updated accordingly on the commissioner index and all of the details of new remits and who's now reporting into who are on there yeah definitely as you say there's been a lot of change that was a pretty nice pretty nice summary I would say yeah try to keep it brief so do you think that this 
restructure and all these new commissioning roles as part of a change in direction or do you think that it's just a consequence of people moving around? Um, I think it's a bit of both to be honest I think you know in October 2020 there was this big announcement from Channel 4 that all four and growing all four and growing kind of outside of linear was going to be a huge area of investment in the next five years and I think as things have naturally changed maybe and think people have thought about leaving or you know hiring new people they've been able to kind of restructure in line with that strategy you know and I think that's really interesting I think what I've gathered from a lot of the commissioning remits is that all four is all four should always be a consideration when pitching to Channel 4 now. Um, whereas I think previously it wasn't highlighted as something that you should necessarily think about. I think, you know, it would be, mm. it was always highlighted as something that, um, oh yeah, it'd be great if you thought about how it would sit on all four, but that's not, not a priority. Whereas now I think everything's changed with this strategy and it is something that producers pitching to Channel 4 need to think about, you know, this is how I think it will sit on linear and this is how I think it will sit on all for or how it will sit on social as well social is really a big key part of this you know I think the entertainment team particularly are very interested in ideas that can sit on social and act as kind of test almost mini pilots for then to move on to linear so a lot of digital first which we've seen kind of across all the broadcasters really yeah for sure I mean BBC's starting to enact their restructuring at the start of April of this year which will also see the channel controller roles go in favor of you know each of the genres instead so mm. instead of having a BBC two controller and a factual controller the roles will be different so speaking of UK commissioning changes, there was also movement over at Sky where Hayley Reynolds and Janine Thomas joined the broadcaster as commissioning editor and assistant commissioning editor, respectively, uh, for Poppy Dixon's documentaries factual team. It's really interesting kind of the investment that Sky have now in their documentary strand, I think. You know, they previously were just acquiring a lot of great docs, especially from HBO, and now you know, we saw with Poppy Dixon and the new channels, a lot of investment. And now they've kind of even doubled down more on that by hiring her two, two commissioners in her team, which I just think shows the expansion of premium documentary opportunities for UK producers. Yeah, and they've commissioned some really interesting looking docs so far. So we've got them all listed on our programme index. Some of the highlights for me recently included Liverpool Narcos which will focus in on how Liverpool became the epicentre of a drugs boom during the 1980s. Uh, there's also a series called Positive, which marks Britain's 40-year struggle with HIV and AIDS, and will be told through real-life interviews with some of the earliest patients, and Chernobyl 86, which will retell the Chernobyl disaster story using newly discovered archive footage. And I think it will be a really interesting look when these come out at exactly what the direction Sky will go in. We know that they like to look at premium, uh, high quality. Mm, there's quite a lot of sport in there as well and well-known big personalities. So I think access, access to big people seems to be a very key thing mm. or access to big people, access to people that are important in, in, in the story. You know, it's really seen across across the slate so far and I think it'll be great when we can when the team are kind of ready in place and we can chat to them and see what their remits are. 
but yeah, I think overall it's been a really interesting couple of weeks for UK commissioners and new appointments. I think the role I'm really interested in seeing how that will develop the most is Joe Street's new role as head of daytime and also features because obviously daytime is quite feature-led particularly on channel four with the exception of you know, the Steph show and daily shows and things like that so it'd be interesting to see how kind of that expands and how the role is split between daytime and peak and also how the commissioners that report into her what they are looking for if that changes or if you know, members of the team that were on the features and formats team originally continue just commission features and her d- and the daytime team continue just to commission daytime so I think for me that's going to be a real interesting change yeah well speaking of Joe Street's new role uh, I was fortunate enough to host her Lara Akeju from ITV and Carla Maria Lawson from the BBC for our subscriber only event commissioning conversations daytime panel this week yeah it was such a good panel I just want to say well done to you have for expertly hosting there was lots of interesting talk not only about daytime but also kind of the pathways that daytime offers to producers yes so we spoke about the pathway to peak which was really interesting during the panel let's hmm, have an exclusive listen to what commissioners had to say about the pathway to peak from daytime and i think there you've touched on something that i find a really exciting prospect in daytime programming which is that there's lots of kind of additional opportunities available so whether that's moving into early peak or increased series order because you know generally in daytime programming you get a very large run when you do have a series um so could you kind of speak a little more to what these opportunities are and that could be in talent as well in terms of growing talent that can then move up to early early peak um carla marie i know that you've kind of been doing quite a lot with like the repair shop for instance I don't know if you want to speak any more to that sure I mean you know I think that you know we should think of you know it is a big big family and and uh, a lot of key BBC talent have been grown in in daytime um uh but you know daytime programming is 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 has been the home of a lot of you know key peak successes such as uh MasterChef back in the day you know um and you know since then you know other titles that have moved into peak include the repair shop uh great british menu garden rescue for love or money Bidding room, pointless, house of games, etc. Um, you know, there's loads of scope um, to migrate shows and to peak. It's daytime's a brilliant opportunity to a brilliant place, a nursery slope to grow formats and as well as talent. Um, and I think, you know, looking at uh, across the piece, if we're we're trying to be a lot more joined up about how we utilize talent within those shows as well. So House of Games, for instance, where we can put people in as contestants and you get to see another aspect of their personality and do it. They have scope to be grown as, as, as peak talent. I mean, the other thing that we're doing is that we're commissioning um, daytime and peak versions of shows. Um, and, uh, you know, there are some uh, shows that work the factual space that worked really well on BBC One, 7.30, 8 o'clock, um, and uh, they do fantastic business for BBC One. Um, and then, you know, obviously there's the formats as well. Um, the, that pathway to peak model that, that the repair shop has 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 trodden um, is, is a really great example. Um, but it's, it's a brilliant opportunity, obviously, because there's high volume. But one of the things you ought to consider is, um, you know, when you're pitching is like, if you think it's... Um, if it should be good enough 
it, you know, if it's good enough for peak, it's good enough for daytime. So imagine that you're pitching to peak. And, you know, obviously, if it, if it does, if you're looking at peak versions, those can, that can be through casting with, you know, House of Games peak versions or pointless celebrities, um, or it can be through scale, like the, the the way we do repairs on the repair shop and, you know, some of those stories that just have a bit more scale than the, maybe the daytime shows do. Yeah, I think what was really apparent throughout the session was that the, the daytime commissioners are really keen to take risks and to commission diverse people and new people and take you know, those chances on things that maybe peak wouldn't allow and then offers that pathway for then this has worked on daytime. Why wouldn't it work on peak? I think I think there's a really good opportunity to grow within daytime. And I think a lot of people see daytime as quite a niche area of broadcasting, whereas actually the amount of opportunity that you can have and throughout the panel, I found that kind of one of the main themes that each of them were saying respectively for their own broadcasters is looking at how daytime programming can reflect a really diverse modern audience. Um, and this could be anyone from like small children at the moment to you know elderly people uh, and finding a way to reflect all of those people in a daytime program when you really resonate with an audience it can just grow and grow and grow you get huge daytime orders when a program does well continued series that go on for years and years you know everyone loves come dine with me <laughs> yeah that's what you want you want you want to make come dine with me I want to make come dine with me. <laughs> I want to be on come dine with me. Yeah, to be honest, though. <laughs> and another interesting thing that I found was that across BBC, ITV and Channel 4, obviously we spoke about this earlier as well, there's a firm digital first strategy prioritising the broadcaster's VOD services. And all three commissioners found that daytime was actually best placed to then sit on the streaming services just because there's so many episodes, it encourages binge watching. So I thought that was another really interesting point. So should we have a listen to what the commissioners had to say about that? I wanted to ask actually about um, the kind of increasing presence of also commissioning for the digital channels. So uh, I'm not sure if there's any additional attention maybe in the pitch that someone would need to consider when they are pitching to you. I know um, Charlotte Moore at BBC has got this big, you know, iPlayer first strategy. So, um, Carl Marie, I wasn't sure if, um, you know, even if it's just you appreciate someone thinking how this might look on, say, the iPlayer platform, for instance. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that runs in tandem with that iPlayer ambition is also to create stable linear channels as well. So, you know, with that, there's a duality to that. But mm. um, for us, it's about, you know, we, we, we can, we have the gift to be able to deliver, you know, habit forming um viewing and and that's the key to iplayer and delivering you know greater numbers and in i to iplayer um so so you know as i said um before i think i mentioned homes under the hammer and doctors which do great great business for for iplayer what are the things that can deliver you know we've got that volume you know what can, what can we deliver in daytime um in that way um and you know really great formats and 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 things that will bring people back so that they can you know binge on iplayer on them um and you know there will be some some formats that have got that 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 scope or you see you see you know the potential for that but it doesn't mean to say that we wouldn't uh, that, that everything has to just be focused that decisions commissioning decisions sure. are made solely on that basis 
yeah i think we've we've got a real gift in daytime anyway because we're all running strip schedules so inherent to how we think is what will bring the audience back the next day and the next day and that also drives binging habits like i literally when i got my drawers off you and so i was like when are you going to send him in the next episode because i'm like oh can't wait to see him with his kit off <laughs> you know you just if i'm feeling that the audience will feel that um and i so in a way producers who are used to delivering strip narratives or harnessing the power of that and, and building in brilliant reveals or oh, I'm just going to watch one more episode of that because I can't wait to see how they do it on that show then they're they're all the habits that are future-proofing content in a way um if if it works on linear it's got a really good chance uh, of being hits digitally as well it's just it's just good shows people just want to watch them on a different platform but the mm. habit that drives them to watch it remains the same if, it, if there's a compulsion in there which is usually around Je jeopardy and reveal yeah yeah i agree i mean i agree i think um and actually even with shows that with closed episodes like some of our quizzes that people literally catch up on and they want to watch it because they are it, it's a compelling program they are addicted to that show um they want to watch it every day and if they miss it they'll want to catch up and if there's there's a whole you know there's a whole challenge channel based on the fact that people want to watch a lot of these yeah. shows so um yeah i think daytime is already in a way what we're commissioning works for digital and it's, it's a really good way to be thinking about programming for digital yeah. with daytime I really liked what they had to say about how daytime programming kind of lends itself to doing really well on digital platforms. And of course, linear TV is still really important for daytime. Like it's something that people want to have on in the background while they're doing odd jobs. You know, people on furlough or people who are working from home have daytime TV on you know on in the background and then if something can capture you you'll go to iPlayer if that's the place where you go to watch your show or you'll go to ITV Hub whatever catch-up service that you use so I think it's a really interesting take to to realize that if if you have a stripped format that'll actually land, lend itself so well to digital programming. It's so it's going to be so interesting to see how genres like daytime adapt to a digital first strategy but I think what's reassuring is that it seems to be already be in place and already be happening. Yeah, well, I think it was a great panel, if I do say so myself. And our Commissioner Index subscribers were also fortunate enough to get some one-on-one -on -one networking time with the commissioners at the end. Yeah, it was a really great panel. So congrats again on being an excellent host. If you are interested in having access to our event next time, drop a line to the Broadcast Intelligence team at info at And you can find out more about how to subscribe, get a demo of the platform and see how we can help you win your next green light. And you can use the same email to let us know if you're interested in appearing on the podcast as a producer or a commissioner. Commissioning Conversations will be back in two weeks time. And in the meantime, the latest commissioning news and briefs can be found on broadcastintel.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Commissioning Conversations. We'll be releasing new episodes every other week and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube and at broadcastintel.com.